Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsored Studios, this is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody Radio. By the way, we forgot to mention this today. We have got a big event. We're going to have some of the folks from Moody Radio here. I heard Junie Felix is going to be out there, as well as Andrew Wilson. And I'm going to be speaking at Grace Point Saturday morning. Now, yes. there's a two-part to this thing. 8.30 a.m. is a breakfast pancake thingamajiggy. Woo-hoo. And then at 10 a.m., I'm going to start speaking on how rolling into the new year, you do not have to be stuck in self-help, but you can tap into God's power. So let me tell you what's going on. 10 a.m., I'm going to start speaking. I'd love to see you there at 8.30. I'm going to be getting things set up at that time. But, man, we've got a big shindig going on. There's nearly 200 people already registered for this. There's no cost to this thing. I'm going to be doing a book signing. First time I've I done a it. book signing, guys. Yes, it's going to be a kick in the pants. Very cool event. The event actually is called Come Alive Speaking Event with Carl. Again, that is this Saturday at Grace Point, Naperville. Pancakes at 830. Uh, Carl at 10 o'clock. Again, speaking, answering your questions and the book signing. Now, this is all free, but they do need a count. So please RSVP. All the details you just heard us talk about, we're going to get them right into your hands. All you need to do is text the word ALIVE. Yeah. Text the word ALIVE to 312-274-9624. 312-274-9624. Yeah, and I am fired up to be there, guys. We're going to have a great time. And we are... Yeah. If you've ever struggled with feeling like there are some things in my life that are just not conquerable, you're going to walk out of there with hope galore. I mean that. You're going to steam into 2023 with fresh eyes. So text the word what? The word is alive. Alive. And the number is 312-274-9624. The word is alive. And the number 312-274-9624. Okay. So the question this week is who wins? And this is fitting with our theme of obviously November 8th, which the whole world has been staring down. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, here's the reality. When we look at who wins, we've got to look at this with a a fresh perspective. Because when you open the Bible, you see who wins, and it's not about who's elected. Notice the church has always transcended, always transcended the government at hand. Yeah. And sometimes in spite of the government at hand. Exactly. Here I am yesterday. I'm at a lunch, guys, at Nando's. And I've got two interpreters that are interpreting a Mandarin-speaking man from mainland China who is third-generation heritage from Watchman Nee, the underground churchman. By the way, I didn't know this. This guy was a Ph.D. in chemistry, Watchman Nee. Wow. Just a brilliant guy. Very cool. And uh, so much more to his story. I can't get into that right now. But I'm asking the question because today we're talking this. Team wins. Let us not forsake the gathering together as some are in the habit of doing. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says, let us spur one another on. But here's the reality. We cannot do this unless we are in team. So I got a question for you. What's the best team you've ever been on and why? Philip in Aurora, what do you say, my man? Hey, good morning. Good morning, my brothers. Happy Monday. Yeah, man. I'll All tell right. you what, you know, the best team I've ever been on was the years I spent at North Central College in Naperville, Illinois, man. You talk about a life-changing experience. Really? That was a track, that was a track and field team, cross-country team. 
Uh, I had a privilege of, of course, doing my undergraduate there, but also spending 13 years there as the head women's coach and the head sprint coach and jump coach for the men and the women. Wow. What Al made, what made it Al so good? Curious. What made it so good? I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what made it so good. Al Curious has a philosophy that is alive today. The brother is 77 years old, still kicking. He's battling brain cancer, but the guy's not done with him yet. His philosophy was you can win in losing and you can lose in winning. But what you do first and foremost is run for fun and personal best. Compete for fun and personal best. He taught us that the best way we can win is to show compassion and love for our fellow man. Wow. When we're out there on the battlefield, we want to compete. We want to crush whoever it is that we're competing against. But when that battle is over, you look your competitor in the eye, you shake your hand, and you say, we got you today. Let's meet again on the battlefield the next time around. Okay. He believed that. He didn't steal that in us. And, and there's one more point, but I know you yeah. want to say something. No, 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 it's good. Go ahead. Go ahead, Philip. Give me that other one. And the, and the last one, the last point that he, he stressed this. He says that what we want to do is that we want to build a culture of leaders in this team, both on the women's side and the men's side. We want to build leaders. We want to build people that are going to move forward and be contributors, positive contributors to life. And he was never afraid of expressing how blessed we are with what God has given us as athletes yeah. to use those talents and those skills out here. And this is not, this is a secular university. You know, yeah, no, man. So he's unashamed but, of the gospel is what that's all about, Philip. All right. This God. is great. What do you think's going on there, Young Thunder? Seriously. Uh, we're asking the question, what's the best team you've ever been on and why? And here's, here's what I'm convinced of guys. If team wins, and that's what we find in Hebrews 10. It's what we find in 1 Corinthians 12. It's what we find in Romans 12. It's what we find in 1 Thessalonians 4. We've got a challenge in the church today, and I'm broad brushing here, but I don't know that we have enough team spirit. Hmm. I mean that. Yeah. I don't know that we have enough team spirit. And you might say, well, that's, that's crazy. Um, we should have team spirit. We've got a common enemy. Yes. That's often what builds, unites teams together. Yeah. We've got right. a common enemy that's huge. Do you think people realize all the time that we have a common enemy? I don't know. I don't think that we, I don't think that we talk about that a whole lot as a, a unifying factor. And then Philip brings up another point here. There's something about calling people up to be their very best and yes. To raise a culture of leadership. Yeah. And I mean, that's not happening without the community that's being built in that yeah. in that space. You have the leader who's the coach who's using this community to build up right relationships and also to bring about new leaders to help make the community even stronger. You know, I, I'm telling you, we're having a this is an important discussion. Paul and Hinsdale, uh, what's the best team you've ever been on and why? Well, it was a police softball team. Really? And, are are you, uh, you're you're a police life. officer? I'm, uh, I'm 70 years old now. This was a few years ago. That's that's good. All right, what made it so good? Uh, because you know what, we worked together. At that time, we had to live in town together. Uh, a lot of us didn't have a lot of friends outside of our policemen friends and families. We did a lot together, and 
we just hung together. I, I've been fortunate to play on a lot of good teams over the years. Uh, actually played a little minor league baseball for a few years. But these guys were different. Uh, they weren't the best ball players in the world. But you got to remember, when you're on a team like that, every game that you play is the other team's World Series. Yeah, it's interesting, yeah. Paul. Let me ask you a question about this. And I don't mean this... I don't mean this in a bad way. I mean it in a good way. But is there something that brought those police officers together in that, you know, police officers, you've got, you've got a world out there that's you're, you're taking on every day. And it seems to me that when you play softball together, it knit hearts because not that you have a common enemy, but you've got a common cause that's tough. You're on the front lines all the time. I wonder if that commonness knit your hearts together a little bit. Absolutely, it did. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know how to capture what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And, it, it, you know, yeah. hey, our, our hands weren't tied as much as they are today. Yeah. That's a good one, Paul. Thank you for calling in, Paul from Hinsdale. And thank you for serving, my man. 70-year-old retired police officer. Yeah. Whew. Coming up here straight ahead, we've got a, a moment of crazy levity. The That's man, right. the myth, the More legend. More than one moment. <laughs> Sorry. What? It's Dr. Lehman. There's more than one moment. Dr. Kevin Lehman. As a matter of fact, he's got a cruise called Wit and Wisdom. I said, which one are you? Because there's two guys there. He goes, well, I think I'm a little bit of both. <laughs> Just like that. Yeah, he's a character. That's good. Uh, so Dr. Lehman. Now, this is the guy that wrote the birth order book. Yes. I mean, he's been, on, he's been on Fox. He's been on you name it. He's been on all of them. And uh, he's going to be with us coming up straight ahead. It's like coffee, but for your ears, you're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. We've got Dr. Kevin Lehman with us this morning. He's made house calls for hundreds of radio and television programs, including uh, the Today Show, CBS, The Early Show, Fox and Friends, Oprah, The View. He's also been a consulting family psychologist to Good Morning America. Dr. Lehman, how are you this morning, my friend? Well, it's a pleasure to talk to you guys. I haven't talked to you in a while. I know. No, I'm always good. I'm always good. Would your wife say the same thing? Well, here's the thing about Mrs. Uppington. Yes. Uh, she's ha she's half raccoon. Okay, so she is still slumbering. At about 11 o'clock <laughs> this morning, she will come out of hibernation. <laughs> And so then, then she can keep you in line. So you well, just. Well, she's the, she's the firstborn. I'm the baby. We have oh. conversations like this all the time. She says, you're not going out like that, are you? <laughs> and, and I said, what's the problem? She says, you got a big spot in your shirt. Only one? Don't worry about it. I'll be back in an hour and a half. <laughs> That's great. All right, Dr. Lehman, you're, you're teeing us up here with Birth Order. We want to get into that. One of your best-selling books of many is the Birth Order book, Why You Are the Way You Are. I want to go to the story of Joseph because I've been preaching through the 17 chapters in Genesis of Joseph. He is one of the younger born. He was the sibling to first uh, of, of Benjamin. Talk about a dysfunctional household. Can we learn anything in Joseph's story about birth order? Oh, what, yeah. what does it matter that he was the youngest? Well, us youngest children, you know, pretty simple, fun, never met a stranger, good at getting around things. We earn a living looking up because we look at our older siblings, you mm. know, as they turn left and right. 
So we handle things well. All your major comedians are youngest children in the family for a reason. I do firstborns go to the top of the class, of course, and nobody cares about the middle child. But us babies, we're just down at the bottom making noise and trying to have fun. Yeah, that's outstanding. What about the firstborn? There's a lot said about the firstborn. Is it myth or is there truth to it? Help uh, demystify. What is? What does it matter? Firstborns rule. They rule the state of Illinois. The governorships, the uh, our leaders, presidents of the United States. I mean, every firstborn listening, here's the fact. Your parents, well, they practiced on you. You were the lab rat of the family. They didn't know what they were doing. They finally got a knack of it after number two or number three came along. So, you know, part of what troubles people in life, I think, are those people who walk around thinking, you know, I got to be perfect. And only children and firstborn children sort of gravitate toward that area. One of the things I've learned in my life is perfection is slow as suicide. I mean, God gave us the perfect one when he gave us Jesus. Yeah. And so many people struggle. I, I like to make the point that, Carl, you know, the the sin you're going to commit next week, I got news for you, folks. If you're a believer and you love Jesus, it's already forgiven. Yeah. And and a lot of people have a hard time with that. They They get a little too tied up in the laws of it all and, you know, on top of that, we got parents today who bring kids up to feel like they're the center of the universe. If that's true, then where's the room in that kid's life for God? So yeah, yeah. Good word. It always comes back to God. God's got this. We just need to draw close to him. And, but we do have interesting personalities, and that's why myself as a youngest would be very happy with an oldest. And most of the time, my wife is happy with me as the youngest. <laughs> I just I just sometimes forget things. Yeah. Dr. Kevin Lehman, internationally known psychologist, author of the Birth Order book with us right now. Well, lest we forget about us middle children, we've talked about the oldest and the youngest. Can we get a little love for the middle child? That's me. Well, it's only because I like you that I'm going to share this. Because <laughs> most people really don't care about you. If you're a middle child, okay, and you got an older sister, I got news for you. You get hand-me-downs. You're the fewest pictures in the family photo album. <laughs> but, you know, I write in, in the birth order book that middle children are really the peanut butter and jelly of sandwich because they go with about everything. In relationships, they're a good buffer for that firstborn or onlyborn child, and they get along with everybody. They even match up pretty good with us babies. So middle children get a bad rap. But somebody did go to the trouble of counting the wor- the pages in my birth order book, and they said, do you know you devoted the fewest pages to the middle child in your family, Dr. Lima? <laughs> and I just said, you know, hey, babe, roll with it. You know, I, I can't do everything. Okay, okay. Coming up here in a moment, I'm going to take this a little bit deeper here because I am a middle child as well. However... My big sister is five years older. My little sister is five years younger. Did that throw a little wild card in the wrench? Because I got to tell you, my folks, and now you might dispel this myth, but they feel like they've raised three firstborns in some ways. Does distance in age have anything to do with anything? More with Dr. Kevin Lehman coming up. By the way, we're going to have a website for you guys because you're going to want to go there and get some resources. All y'all, hang on. Don't miss out on all the fun. Keep up with Carl and Crew mornings on Facebook and Instagram. And don't forget, that's Carl with a K.
We've got Dr. Kevin Lehman with us right now. Internationally known psychologist has been featured just about everywhere. Good morning, America. The Today Show, uh, birtorderguy.com. He's written a book about birth order. It's a classic bestseller. Birtorderguy.com. That's you the know website. What? I got to tell you something. That just fits Dr. Lehman to a T. Good to have you with us today, Doc. Okay. Uh, my big sis my is my f- big sis, five years older, little sis, five years younger. Um, Go ahead, analyze me. What's going on? Is there is there anything to well, this distance in years that changes birth order a little bit, or no? Yeah, if there's a five-year gap, you draw a line to start another family. But I would hazard a guess, Carl, that, uh, and you are a firstborn uh, son in your family. Yes. But I would hazard a guess that you probably understand women more than most of us as men do, just because you grew up with them. You, you know, you had the bookcase, you know, and you were in the middle. So you learn from older sister and you learn something from younger sister, but we tend to learn more from siblings above us than beneath us. Well, the answer to your question is, I think that's true. However, my co-host Allie is in here shaking her head violently. (laughs) No, but that's just because she's a cantankerous middle child who loves to take shots at people, doc. Well, that's no. So the families have changed a lot over the years. Let's talk a little bit about one, only children, and then families tend to be smaller. So this idea that there is a middle child, when you have 2.5 kids or whatever the statistic is, do these still apply for only children and to smaller families that maybe have just two? It does, Allie. But it's interesting. You're right. The average family today, last time I looked, was 1.9 children. Oh, it's come down. Wow. Wow. Come down. And, and with all the divorce, I mean, I wrote a book on blended families, uh, his, hers, ours. Birth order is not, I know people want to make it just cookie cutter, but it's not. It, it's involved. And I do, I do a lot of speaking in the business world to CEO groups and stuff, and they love the whole idea of birth order. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, of course, those CEOs, those presidents, those surgeons, those engineers, those accountants in life, are what? They're firstborn children. So middle children, God bless them, again, they're mediators and negotiators in a very natural sense. Youngest will use their manipulative ways of getting around things. and They're very affectionate, but middle children can be very affectionate too because they're not quite sure where they fit in. They have the older sister or brother over them, and then little schnooky is a little attention getter, and that's a hard place to be. What about only children? Only children do very well in life. By age seven, Allie, they're little adults. They tend to enter occupations, for example. Well, the astronauts in outer space is sort of interesting. Uh, The first 23 into outer space, 21 firstborns, two onlys, not a middle, Allie, or a baby in sight. And that's something. That is empirical data. Okay, Dr. Kevin Lehman, our guest right now, if you want to get some phenomenal material, go to birtorderguy.com. That's birtorderguy.com. Dr. Lehman, let's take this to the church. How can the church benefit from understanding birth order? They pick up a book and they go, all right, well, what's this got to do with the body of Christ anyway? Well, the original title of the birth order book when it was sent in with rubber bands and cardboard to the publisher had as a working title, Abel had it coming. <laughs> and Abel the publisher said, wait a minute, Hold you can't t- have a title like Abel had it coming. <laughs> and I said, wait a minute, you know, 
if you look at the uh, story of the uh, prodigal Eagle. son, oh, okay, you know, yeah, the, the prodigal son thing. I mean, who who stayed home and tendered uh, the the, uh, the farm? first the firstborn? He was the, the good boy, and that baby. He the Bible says he went to a far off land. I mean, he didn't want anybody even to notice he was part of his family. Now, again, it's not a study of family relationships. It's a study of salvation. I get it. But when we talk about families today, that's an easy one to pick up on because we have to treat people differently. Different bedtimes, different allowances for you parents out there. And keep in mind, and this relates to birth order, identical twins. I mean, they're genetically the very same person. They're genetically the same. But they have different fingerprints. Well, why did Almighty God decide to give twins identical fingerprints? Was it to help the FBI, the local police, or was it God's way of saying, you are my son, you are different than anyone else in life? So we're lucky. We can have a one-to-one relationship with our creator. You can drive down the Lakeshore Drive, and you can be talking to the creator of the universe. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I always remind people, Jesus came to this earth, you know, to put an end to religion, not to start one. Yeah, that's and right. It's all on. about our relationships with him that count. So I just think birth order is a wonderful way of just sort of explaining why these three or four little cubs could come out of the same den and be so different. Yeah, it's really good. This is phenomenal content, guys. My wife and I have read this book cover to cover. It is a phenomenal resource, but it's not just one over 50 books he has authored. We want to give you a website right now. Boom Crew, listen to me. This is set down scrolling on Facebook and get a book that actually is redemptive. And we've got a site for you to go get one. It's called birthorderguy.com. Birthorderguy.com. You're going to find a podcast and uh, some other links that will help you get some of these books. Birthorderguy.com. Dr. Kevin, thank you, my friend. I love having you on every time you come in here with the Boom Crew. You are a blessing. I appreciate you guys. Nice to visit with you. Thank you. Dr. Kevin Lehman. Again, that site, birthorderguy.com. That's birthorderguy.com. How about this guy, Allie? Fantastic. Don't you love him? Tremendous. The middle child in me says yes. I think there's some accuracy there. (laughs) There we go. Birthorderguy.com. Check it out, guys. Want more from your morning show? Check us out on social media. Just go to Carlin Crew Mornings on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, there was just a spot about it. I'm fired up. I talked to my bride. She says, make sure we're clear on this one. The breakfast is, it's it's a totally free event, but they're doing a love offering because a bunch of students at Grace Point are putting on for missions, a breakfast feed. So it's like put down some shekels for the kids for breakfast. Oh, you know course, what I mean? Yeah. Of course. And our boom crew's big on that one. Yeah. But then following that breakfast feed at 830 on Saturday, I'm going to be speaking at 10 a.m. Yes. And it's all about how to say no to self-help and how to say yes to God's power. I'm fired up. I am so thrilled. We're going to have a whole team of folks out there. It's going to be a sweet morning. We're going to have some Q&A at the end, and I'm going to have a book signing, guys. I love that part. Yes, the event itself is called Come Alive this Saturday, Grace Point, Naperville. All the details that we've been talking about, we're going to send to you if you just text the word ALIVE. Again, the word is ALIVE, and text it to 312-274-9624, 312-274-9624. It's going to be a sweet time. We'll have you out of there long before noon, and you're going to, 
have hope galore. Some of you are feeling like, I just don't know. Some of these things are just kicking my tail. Some mountains seem uncrossable. Uh, some rivers seem like I can't get across these things in my life. And we're going to look at the Word of God, and we're going to give you a vision for what in the world can happen in your life in 2023. No, really. Saying no to self-help and yes to God's power. Just text the word alive. And man, I can't wait to see you out there. If you can get to Grace Point Saturday, we're going to have an incredible time. I'm fired up about you this. You are. I know. It's this great. This is going to be a fun time. <laughs> Let's go back to the phone lines asking the question, what, what's the best team you've ever been on and why? Al, first time caller from Naperville. What do you say, my man? Yes, it's, it's great to talk to you. Good to have you. What do you say, Al? Yes, about the greatest team that I ever uh, been know, on, on and why, yeah. Exactly. It was in 1975. I had a group of guys that I happened to be coaching here in Naperville, and uh, they, I called them the no-names because individually they did not have individual accolades or ta- individual talent. But somehow, and I miraculously, I didn't quite understand it, when you put them together, they had a synergistic effect where they collectively became a very, very powerful unit. Boom. And that, that unit, in my opinion, you know, was formed by selflessness, by the glue that was love that came from a spiritual foundation. And that spiritual foundation comes from, you know, one source. Love comes from one source, and that is God above. And to me, that was a great revelation in my life to understand the power of unity that comes you know, from being selfless and not selfish. That is beautiful. As a coach, how do you, um, I, look, forget, shine the potential that you're bragging on yourself. I'm asking you to do that. As a coach, what do you think God graced you with to cultivate that in that team? Oh, it, 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 you know, he, he graced me, you know, with the spiritual foundation. Okay. So to have a strong spiritual foundation, you can have all the talent in the world, you can have, you know, psychological principles and everything else. But if there is not a spiritual foundation, then, you know, the, 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 the talent and the physical side and the psychological you know, sides are very difficult to sustain without having a solid spiritual foundation. So from a, the very, you know, from a very early time in my life as a very, very small child, you know, I really felt that connection to God and Jesus above and that really was the gift that I think I had to be able to share with other people. I love it. And so it was a really a spiritual foundation. Boom, boom, boom. Al, first-time caller. Love first-time callers getting in here asking a question. What's the best team you've ever been on and why? And here's why. We're, we're just dealing with this question today. If team wins, and do you believe that? I do. You do? Oh, absolutely. I do. Super Die? I do. Best team you've ever been on, Super Die. Oh, Missions. I love my mission trip teams, especially the very, very first one I ever took. Mm. Just seeing how people come together, how God calls people together to use their gifts Sweet. And, and people bond together. Absolutely. Mission trip. Best team you've ever been on, Young Thunder. My gymnastics team in high school. Mm. Uh, it's an individual sport, but everybody came around to help each other grow in their competitions. And I wasn't the best competitor on the team, but every time I got off of a routine uh, in actual competitions people would come around me and just rally encourage me and rally me up and that uh-huh. was really great 
312-274-9624. Take in your calls. Flood us right now. What's the best team you've ever been on and why? Let us not forsake the gathering together as some are in the habit of doing. We got to spur one another on to love and good deeds. The church can be so much more. 312-274-9624. Give us your calls. 312-274-9624. Oh, I almost forgot. I got to take you to South Africa. I'm going to tell you about oh. a team competition that we had. <laughs> and the, I, I would say this is my bride's listening right now. She was at these events that we had. But I think this is some of the best team spirit we ever had. And I think I'll tell you why coming up. Dun, 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 dun. What is this from? From the A-Team. The best team of all time. Taking your calls today, and this is really cool. So we had Philip call in earlier, and he's he was on this team, right? Yeah. And they were unbelievable. Yeah. And he said the team spirit was amazing. Yeah. Guess what? He just texted me, and he says, guess, guess, guess what happened? This Al that called in yeah. was the coach of that team. <laughs> That's what? awesome. North Central oh. College, 1975. Wow. How sweet is that? Oh, that's <laughs> so cool. Philip's losing his mind going, that's Al. That's our coach. <laughs> wow. We're asking oh, you a question. Man. What's the best team you've ever been on and why? 312-274-9624. It all revolves around this. We're talking this whole week. Who wins? That's the question we're asking today with simple answer. Team wins. What can the church learn from the best team you've ever been on and why? Wow, we've got to do more than just show up and attend. We've got to break through. 312-274-9624. Trish in Bolingbrook, what do you say? I say I've been I've been a mom of uh, four baseball players and travel baseball, and I've witnessed a lot of things. And I feel like when the coach uses all of his players, regardless if they're awesome or not, you know, we don't know until we use them all. But when we use them all, we can see, I mean, the, the, the team gets unified. They have a positive, um, you know, they just, they, their, their spirits are positive. Then if you have a coach that's kind of like, oh, you guys are the ones I'm going to play, then, then the, I don't know. It's just not the same. And, and I feel like that in our church, if we know our spiritual gifts and we use, we, we have uh, uh, things that offer those gifts and a person says, wow, I do have a worth here. This is great. It, it, it will change. I just feel like it will change. Yeah, that's my, right on. That's right on, feeling. Trish. Right on. It's And it's really cool because um, all these are dovetailing together. What Al talked about earlier when he called in, here he's the coach of this team that Philip was on. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> and there's something about, which is the church, not a lot of, not of you, not a lot of us in the church were known as wise by the world standards. Mm. Not of us are seen as celebrities by the world standards, but you put this ramshackled little team together and look out. Jesus did that with his disciples and they changed the world. 12 guys. What's the best team you've ever been on and why? South Africa. I'll tell you what knit us together. Apartheid was coming down. We lived in a township where gunships were everywhere, uh, these gunners on these trucks. There was a lot of violence in the townships. It was an ugly time. 
I was asked to coach a team. I'd gone down to do church planting, found out that the best way to go plant a church is to go mix it up in the community. And we learned a lot. I coached a team that was three different culture groups, Indian, colored, and Zulu. We were at the intersection of these three different townships. And there was something that happened on that team that was amazing. We stood at, uh, we stood on the track built by a bunch of Germans in Chatsworth, which just dominate one track meet. And I looked up into the stands and I saw these kids from three different culture groups that were by the government kind of forced to hate one another. But because we had a common goal, we were united. And I looked up and it just chokes me up to this day that we're so, I mean, the music was playing in the stands and I look up and here's these kids that had finished competing, got their trophies lined up on the bleachers and they're just arm in arm dancing together. There was no Indian. There was no Zulu. There was no color. They were one. It's beautiful. And it was awesome. Talking about Jesus and having fun while doing it. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. Well, we got a special guest right now, a couple of them. It's a dynamic father and son duo. And if they can get Coach Dungy, yes, Tony Dungy, Hall of Famer, broadcaster extraordinaire on their show, they've done something. That's right. They are podcasters. We've had them on here before, and they're back this year to kind of give us a mid-season peek at what's going on. Stephen... And Isaac Tabor are with us. Good morning, gentlemen. What's up, Good Carl? Morning. Oh, man, I'm thrilled you guys are here. A little early, but, you know, I yeah. crawled out of bed for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what's going on? I want to hear Isaac. First off, Isaac, you're the son of the father-son duo here. What do you think about our quarterback? Do you think he's got potential to be a franchise quarterback for years to come? I think he could. Yeah, I definitely think that there is potential in him. I think he's been doing really well now because they're allowing him to access his play style. Yes. Like we've talked about on the podcast, Lamar Jackson is a great athlete. But he's a he's a runner. And if you put him in the Bears system of just staying in the pocket, I don't think he would succeed or do well. And now I think the Bears are starting to find where Justin is good at and he'll, and allowing him to play to his strengths and right. run a lot. And he had like a 61-yard run. 61 yard yeah run and it was just i was surprised and i'm like this is good what's his 40 speed isaac do you know his 40 speed uh no i do not i was wondering four four he's a four four yeah at least on record but (sighs) he said he could run four three before that official combine run well he was scampering you know how they put sometimes Mm -hmm. isaac they put the miles per hour thing on the players i would love to know how fast he was running at a full tilt there oh for sure yeah cool uh so i'm gonna go to your pop man hey steven um so What's going on? You think these bears are for real? <laughs> well, well, the bears is a, as a team. That, that's a different story. No, I mean, this, let, but because they we're so depleted. I mean, we're selling. It's it's. Well, we're getting rid of people, are, right? Yeah, we're this year is if you're a Bears fan, you you really can't be hoping on this year. Their their right. goal is to rebuild. So really, the goal this year is shape field, grow field, see what he can do, help him to get better and then rebuild and hopefully attack next year. I do think, and I agree with Isaac, they've been giving him 
better. They've been calling better plays yeah. that are more that are fitting him. You're, you're starting to see who Justin Fields yeah. is a little bit. But I don't really. You're running 178 yards. He broke a record. I mean, he's in the history books right now. Right. A single game rushing record for a quarterback. 178 yards in a game is crazy. I don't know if that's good on fields or bad on the Dolphins, but we'll leave that there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you, you can't be getting hit like that all the time, and you can't be carrying your team like that week in and week out. I, I like what I'm seeing from him, though, a lot. That's really cool. Well, if you're just tuning in, Boom Crew, we got a special edition here of sports today. We got a little expanded because we've got Stephen Tabor and his son, Isaac. They host Tabor Gridiron. It's a podcast. We're going to give you a link here in just a moment. But I'm I'm thrilled you guys are here. Isaac, how old are you now? 13. All right, my man. <laughs> uh, so, Isaac, what's yeah, I heard rumor that you guys had Coach Tony Dungy. Yeah. On your podcast. And so I had heard that rumor and I thought, I got to go find this. Man, he was great on your podcast. What do you think about getting Coach Dungy on your podcast, Isaac? Oh, I thought it was incredible. I was, at first, when he told me, I didn't even really believe him. I thought it was a joke. And then <laughs> later I found out, I was like, what the heck? How did you get him on the podcast? And I was, I was shocked. And, I was really excited. I was really nervous, though. That was the big thing for me. Yeah, I'm sure you got Tony Dungy, man. Exactly. It's like someone you look on the TV and you see, and I've seen him like all my life, and I just see him, and I'm just like, yeah, Tony Dungy. But then when he's actually like doing the podcast, I'm like, oh shoot. But it was it was fun, and he was very he was very nice. He was very kind, and he was he talked a lot. Like it wasn't have it wasn't me having to like drill him for stuff. He kind of just expanded on stuff himself. So it was very fun. Yeah. So it's pretty easy to interview Coach Dungy then, huh? Oh, for sure. Yeah. 100%. That's pretty cool. Uh, Steven, I got a final question for you. And then, Boom Crew, we're going to give out a link to this podcast because these guys are killing it. I, By the way, I've listened in a couple times. It's so good, guys. You're doing a great job. I think your analysis is actually spot on. I don't think you're Homerville with the Bears here. But, Steven, what's, what's been the greatest joy to do this with your boy? Oh, man. Well, it's why we continue to do it every week is just being able to hang out with Isaac, being able to bond with him, watching games throughout the week, talking about it. And how many times really for me is it's just him and I in the studio. We're recording. We're doing stuff, goofing around. Mm. And then even just being able to have talks outside of football of just a father and son of just, hey, this is going on and or this what's going on with with school or your life and those times before and after that we just get, get to kind of connect. But then just how I don't know, I, it, it's so cool just to be able to say, yeah, I, I do a podcast with my son. We get to come in here. We get to have fun, talk some football because we love watching it. We love talking about it. But just having that bonding time, I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. And it's it's absolutely awesome. That's cool. Well, listen, I love you guys. And I know, Isaac, you're a big Boom Crew fan, man. From, I am, yeah. Yeah, and we're, <laughs> we're just thrilled that you are. And Boom Crew, you're listening to this going, who are these guys and how'd they get Tony Dungy? I'll tell you how they got him. They're good. They do a good job at this podcast. This is how you can get linked up with their podcast. That's right. We are talking to Stephen and Isaac Tabor, the father and son duo of the Tabor Gridiron podcast. Even mom got into it about a week ago, I noticed on one of the podcasts. But mm-hmm. yeah, to get you that link there, Tabor, T-A-B-O-R, Tabor. Text that word, their last name, Tabor, to 312-274-9624. Again, the name is Tabor, T-A-B-O-R, to 312 312- 
274-9624. It is the Tabor Gridiron Podcast. There we go. Uh, what's your prediction, guys? What do you think the Bears are going to go this year? Uh, Steven, you go first. Oh, man. I you're, They're going to win seven games. Woo! They're going to have a good run Whoa. on the table here. Okay, I, I, I Isaac. We're going to see some cool stuff. Isaac, what do you think? I am... I am not that faithful in the Bears, and I'm thinking they're going to win five games. That's okay. Okay. Oh. You know what? I don't mind if they win five. I'll take five. Because, yeah, I mean, right? they're selling everything off the shelves right now. Exactly. Yeah. So it's okay. Isaac, you got a great future in radio, man. You hear that tone, Stephen, of your boy? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's Thank great. You. Yeah, it's awesome. God bless you guys big time. Good to have you with us this morning. Thank you. Love you, Carl. Love you too. All right. Uh, It's called uh, Tabor Podcast, Tabor Gridiron. It's a podcast on Podbean. This is how you get it. Text the word Tabor to our number here. Tabor. (laughs) T A B O R. Yep. We'll get you hooked up at 312 274 9624. Yeah, great to have those guys on earlier this morning. And, uh, wow, a lot of of links going out right now for the gridiron. That's pretty cool. Just text the word TABOR, T-A-B-O-R, to our number here, and we'll get you hooked up. Okay, um, we're called to do something. We're called to be the team. Team wins, guys, all the time. Yeah. We need to consider how to spur one another on to love and good deeds, but we can't spur one another on unless we are really meeting together. Don't forsake the gathering together as some are in the habit of doing. That's in Hebrews 10, 25, but we need to spur one another on to love and good deeds. So we got a question for you on the table today. What's the best team you've ever been on and why? The best team you've ever been on and why? 312-274-9624. Give us a call right now, 312-274-9624. We'll tell you something funny that happened earlier this morning. Oh, yeah. We had a track athlete call in and talk about this incredible oh, yeah. team. And then about 20 minutes later, the head coach of that team That's from awesome. 1975 called in. Oh, cool. We'll give you the details, but we want to hear your story. Best team you've ever been on and why. We need team spirit in the church. Give us a call right now. New to the show? Stick around for a while. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. I'm going to say it again. Best team I've ever been a part of and why was when I coached a multicultural track and field team in South Africa for a year. It was the most amazing experience. Now, you got to get the context for this. There are, apartheid was just coming down. It's 1990. Yeah, 1990. And my bride and I were down there. Um, it was our, we took our son with us. Our daughter was born in South Africa. She had dual citizenship for the longest time. And it was an amazing year. But here's what, there were four distinct cultural groups. And man, they were pitted against one another. Indians, coloreds, Zulus, and white Afrikaans. Now, I didn't have any white Afrikaans on my team. We didn't have any white Afrikaans within probably 10 kilometers of where we were. But we were at this confluence of these three different groups, Indians, coloreds, and Zulus. So we had this school called Marion Hill right in the middle. And I was asked to coach this team, and it was the most incredible experience. We went to a field in Chatsworth a Township, uh, in South Africa, just outside of Durban. And 
I was standing in the infield watching our 10,000-meter runners compete, and they were getting ready to start the event. And I look up into the stands, the music's blaring, and the team is just rocking. And I was blown away because as I looked up into the stands, there I see Indian-colored Zulu, not trifurcated, but all intermingled, arms locked together, dancing, laughing. 50, 60 athletes just standing there enjoying one another. And here's what's amazing about that team. In a torn country that was pitting groups against one another, this team was united. It was a beautiful thing. Why were they united? They had a common goal. As a team, they wanted to compete together and they wanted to win. And it transcended their what was called race groups. It's really not race groups because there's one race. It's called the human race. But they were culture groups that were divided. But they were united around this team effort. Boy, we got a lot to learn as a church about team. Why? This whole week we're talking about who wins. I'll tell you who wins. and We're tackling this one today. Team wins. We can no longer just attend church. We got to we we got to know each other. We got to know we got a common enemy. We've got to know we've got a common cause. We're on a path toward victory, and we got to start acting like it. What's the best team you've ever been on and why? 312-274-9624. Heather and Valpo, what do you say, Heather? Hi, Carl. So I'm actually calling about my daughter. She is on, she's 17. She's on a drama club, and they just put on their production of a big play at their school. And they go to a small school, but what makes them work is they have a common goal. Not one person tries to be the star. They just all work together, and they do what they do best. And they like each other, and it just works. And it's just a wonderful, fun thing to watch. You know, the play was awesome. But I think we could learn from that of just, you know, if someone's good at something and someone's good at something else, I mean, you just you just work together to have a common goal, and that was to make a good production. But also for the church, you know, just to – have other people know who Jesus is Boom. and do what you do. Boom. Right? Heather, that is so right on. And what we can learn from your daughter's drama team is just that. There's no celebrities, no superstars. Everybody's just working together. It brings team unity. Absolutely. Sometimes when you're in a team sport, you look across, in this case, a net, and you go, wow, we better be teamed up here if we're going to win this match. Barb and Algonquin, what do you say? You're in a doubles tennis team? Yes, my double center lie at the Crystal Lake Racquet Club. I've been on many sports teams throughout my life in high school and tennis, but my doubles partner, Laura, and I, uh, we're the best team together because we are real with each other, with our strengths mostly and our weaknesses. Uh, we encourage each other, support each other on the court and off the court. That's, that's awesome. Way to go. Boom, sister. There's something about encouraging each other and having an honest relationship, especially in the church. Think about this. Let us consider how to spur one another on to love and good deeds. Let us not neglect meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. We live in a day right now when we're going to church, but we're not being the church. And I've often said, don't go to church, be the church. My bride tells me, bub, we got the first part of that down. We got to get that second part. And we know from some recent polling that pre-COVID, 
Church attendance was about 2.6 times a month per person. Now post-COVID, 1.6 to 1.4. What's going on? Are we losing that team spirit? How do we get it back? Asking you this question, what's the best team you've been on and why? Scott and Zion has a story coming up about a drama team at church and how they treated the new guy. That's straight ahead. Boom Crew, celebrate what God is doing in you. This is Carl and Crew Mornings. What's the best team you've ever been on and why? Scott and Zion, thanks for holding on. What do you say, Scott? Well, I was a, uh, I became a member of a drama group at our church years ago. Uh, they've been putting on a passion play for, oh, got to be 70 years now. Um, I, this was 20 years ago that I joined, and most of the cast had been doing it for a long time. Well, they welcomed me in as the new guy, uh, but they didn't treat me like the new guy. I was like, I'd been with them all those years. And I learned so much about teamwork yeah. and about the Lord and what he does in our lives because people would come to Christ because of this play. Uh, nothing we did. Obviously, he did it all. But because of that teamwork, uh, I would say that was the best team I've ever been on. That's really cool. Imagine what it would be like, Scott. Boom, brother. That's why we call you guys the Boom Crew. Imagine what it would be like if everyone that joined the church, we didn't treat like the new guy. It's like the missing guy, the missing gal that right. just showed up, huh? That, that was I mean, key. That, I how he, how he, yeah. Treat him like the new guy. What's the Woo. best team you've ever been on and why? Best team you've ever been on and why? 312-274-9624. You know, this whole week we're going to be talking about who wins. And I here's why. Look, tomorrow's a big day. Tomorrow's a big day. And I had a huge epiphany about where politics fits in now into my life. Coming up here, I'm going to tell you about where politics fits in to my life. It's in a new, healthy place. Do I vote with any less passion? No, actually, because of where it fits into my life, I've got actually more passion than ever before for this. That's good stuff. I'm going to be up late tomorrow night. <laughs> warning, warning. Oh, yeah. Wednesday, Wednesday morning is going to be rough. One time, I'm already, close. I'm already planning on it. Two you coffee day. I'm going to be loopy <laughs> on steroids. Oh, great. Oh yeah, just be prepared, super die. Just hang on. Super duper. Had a question this morning. What's the best team you've ever been on, and why? Tom in Plainfield, you get the final word. What do you say, Tom? Hey, good morning, Carl. Love your show. Thank you, man. My father, my father. Uh, the greatest team I was ever on was a men's ministry. To, uh, we called ourselves Promise Keepers at Living Water Community Church in Bolingbrook. That's great. And um, we went to uh, Minnesota for an event. And my father, he didn't want anything to do with my newfound religion, when I, so to speak, when I got born again. <laughs> but on a breakfast, we went to Minnesota, and he, he wanted to go with us. And um, they were giving out these nails. They were like spikes and had us write down our sin on paper. And my father ran to the cross, nailed his sins to the cross, and then ran down to the altar and gave his life to the Lord in 98. Oh, my and, word, um, it, it was It was the most amazing thing. I still get choked up about it today. So I'll tell you uh, what. That he, was my greatest. He saw those men, well, Tom. Your, your dad saw those men, and he knew they had it going on. I mean, the Spirit of God used the unity of those men to bring your dad to Jesus. 
sure did, Carl. He sure did. Way to go, man. Is your dad still alive or did he go on to be with the Lord? No, he he passed in um he passed in 2015, but I'll get to see him again. Yeah, you will, buddy. Hey, this is Carl with Carl and Crew, and I'm so grateful that you listened to this showcast. Thank you mostly for being part of the Boom Crew as we help you take your next step with Jesus. You're a huge encouragement to us. We'll be here again live every weekday morning from 5 to 9 a.m. Godspeed.